welcome. Welcome back to Interscope Voices by NSN DC Baltimore. My name is Ashford Somerville, and I'll be your narrator and host here on the podcast. We have a guest host with me today. We are a group of professionals dedicated to excellence. You will hear and meet many sales professionals from a diverse background. We are a podcast dedicated to sales professionals by sales professionals. You will hear a broad range of topics designed to give you, the listener, an inside lens into professional sales and access and resources to advance your career. Our objective is to give you, the listener, a platform to connect, gain insightful and usable insight between customer visits to starting your day, day in sales and being successful. Interscope Voices by NSN DC Baltimore is available on multiple social media platforms for you to connect with us. Um, today's topic, we're we'll beginning talking about mentorship and Robin, Robin David Guyton will be our speaker. But beforehand, just so you guys can connect with us, we're available on LinkedIn at National Sales Network, NSN DC Baltimore. Our Instagram is NSN DC Balt. Our Facebook is NSN DC Baltimore Chapter. We have a Twitter, which is NSN DC underscore Baltimore. Our YouTube, which is National Sales Network DC Baltimore. And of all our spells, our website, which is salesnetwork.org DC, sorry, salesnetwork.org backslash DC Baltimore. Again, today we have our topic, which we're talking about mentorship. And I have a topic named Passing the Baton. And today our speaker will be Robin, our co-host will be Robin Davids. Guyton. How are you doing today, Robin? Doing great. Thank you for having me, Ashford. Fantastic. Welcome to the podcast. Can you introduce yourself and tell us a little history about who you are, your current role, and your responsibilities? Absolutely. So I'll start with college. Uh, I'm a communications major, graduate at Temple University in radio, television, and film and promotion with a minor in sociology. I was also the captain of the women's track team my junior and senior year. So you can imagine how excited I was about this title you selected, Passing the Baton. Yeah. Um, for avid runners out there, if you know anything about Passing the Baton, <laughs> um, you, would, you would understand that it's a huge responsibility for the person receiving the baton, as well as high expectations um, for the one that I would be passing the baton to. Um, so I would just share that. Uh, during college, I interned uh, my senior year at Power 99 Radio in Philadelphia in promotion. And actually, my first job at college uh, was in sales. It was with AT&T and small business systems. I also worked for Ken and had a very successful career as a sales manager for Wells Fargo Financial before I entered the pharmaceutical industry. And I will share with you that um, my transition from sales manager at Wells Fargo. This Fargo was very interesting. Um, as a sales manager, I had to close loans on Saturdays, and you know, my daughter, who was six years old at the time, said, you know, Mom, what do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to be? You know, and I explained what I did as a sales manager, and she made a very good point, you know, right on the mouth of babes. She said, you know, Mom, but you're not happy here. And, you know, she was right. So in 2001, I started researching other career options in sales and consulting because I just love sales. I love consulting. I love people. And I love providing a service that meets the need of customers. And my brother-in-law mentioned, you know, that a colleague of his said that his wife and twin sister were the president and vice president 
of a newly formed National Sales Network out of New Jersey. So I reached out to her and uh, attended a few meetings at her house. Um, actually, I'm not sure if you're aware of this or any of the members are aware, but back then, the meetings took place at the house of the chapter president. Oh, wow. So I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> not at all. So David Richardson, um, wow, I'm just so excited for him and his vision that he is a forward thinker um, and very proud that it's been been was the foundation that I personally needed to have a successful career in the biopharmaceutical industry. And I believe it's one of the reasons um, of, of why I'm successful, and that's why I do like to continue to pass the time. Yeah, and that's phenomenal. And I and I have a quick track track analogy because I did a little bit of track in high school. I didn't have the speed to get to um, college. I was a football player, but I did track as a um, off season conditioning. And one of the emphasis emphasis our track coach told me is, your job is to trust the person who is passing the baton to you. Your job is to feel it and then go for it because you spend time looking backwards. Unfortunately, you won't be able to move ahead. And for those who are land handing the track the handoff. Your job is to get them there so when they start running, they time it and take it off. So I like the whole analogy with track because I really feel that's really how the career is. You want to get to a point when you're moving that you already started moving and somebody just handing you something and now you take off with it instead of just holding it and slowing the race down because the objective is to keep moving. So I appreciate that. We just have some general announcements. Go, sorry, go ahead. Did you have something else to say? No, I just want to share that, yeah, so I've been in the pharmaceutical industry for over 18 years now mm-hmm. and served in many roles from sales rep, specialty rep, a hospital account rep. I also served as a regional sales trainer, home office sales trainer, um, and very instrumental in uh, new hire orientation, subject matter experts for GI disorders as well as cardiovascular and metabolism, and probably trained over 2,000 representatives in like five different therapeutic areas. Wow. as well as managers and sales reps for contract sales organizations. So um, during that time, I also earned my MBA from the University of Phoenix on the campus by Columbia, Maryland, and currently hold a role as a district manager in the biopharmaceutical industry and rare disease. Wow. So you are the perfect candidate to speak on this subject matter in regards to mentorship and career development. I mean, your, your resume speaks for itself. So before we get into that, I just would like to make some general announcements. Um, here at NSN, we are a not-for-profit organization. We emphasize on connecting with all our members. So for all our members who are listening now, we do have bi-monthly events. We offer the Zoom feature and also the ability for you guys to meet in person when we can. But just so you guys are aware, please go to our website, which is NSN DC Baltimore National Sales Network, and just look for our upcoming events because those will be helpful for letting you know when when things will be happening so you can get yourself involved. Now, going directly into our topic, Robin, um, in regards to mentorship and career development, what does having a mentor mean to you? Having a mentor means that I will have someone who has the courage to give me candid and objective feedback. Someone whom I can share my experiences with and bounce things off of to get their perspective. You know, as soon as you know, people see what they want to see out of their own lens. And by having a mentor, you get the opportunity to see what they see and observe from their lens to help you in your own development. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I, I definitely agree, uh, 
relate to you exactly of you see what you want to see and you perceive it. One of the best lessons I learned from my mentor, which was actually my brother, and I have other family members who helped me along the way, was he broke something down to me, and I can't remember the exact topic. It may have been something with regards to like getting ready for the job world. And he pretty much told me, I'm going to tell you what you need to know, not what you want to know. And for me, that speaks volume because, uh, you know, the I think I was going to wear like a, a, a blue shirt or a red shirt. Um, I can't remember which color, color shirt it was, but it wasn't a white shirt. And he just pretty much told me, if you go into an interview, you always want to have a wear a white shirt. Don't don't throw it off. You can change your color tie, but have a white shirt. And that spoke profoundly to me what a mentor meant of telling you what you needed to know compared to what you want to know in regards to what you like to hear. Let me rephrase that. What you like to hear. So I definitely agree with you on um, that candid and that openness with the mentor. Um, with that being said, who 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 is your mentor? Do you have a mentor and why? So I'm very fortunate. And like you, um, my family. So I was raised by two amazing mentors. My mother served as a regional sales director on the East Coast for a major African-American cosmetic company, Fashion Care Cosmetics. And my father um, served almost 45 years in the life insurance industry and was the vice president of sales. So, <laughs> as you can see, you know, I was mentored by, I'll share with you, a competent driver and collaborator, my dad, and my mom, uh, a competent collaborator and driver, but my mom, um, our mom, um, has a high level of emotional intelligence I've witnessed and observed. Um, she surpasses, you know, anyone I've known, I know, or met. So I would just share with you that many dinner conversations were about how they managed and coached their sales teams, right? And, um, you know, I was an avid reader as a child, so I read everything that came into the house, from the Bible to the encyclopedias, to even Thomas Peters in terms of excellence. And before I graduated middle school, I was already following Franklin Covey, Stephen Covey. Um, our father gave us the book, um, you know, uh, Seven Hats of Highly Effective People. So, and now, you know, most of us are following Stephen M. R. Covey, right? Stephen Covey's son, mm -hmm. Seed of Trust. So I want to share with you that, you know, um, I have great mentors from my parents and also met outstanding mentors throughout my tenure with NSN at many conferences. So, um, great mentorship. You know, I'll share one other thing. You know, um, when I graduated high school and on my way to college, um, you know, our mother gave us a, a cassette tape of Who Moved My Cheese. So, I would just share with you that, you know, modeling starts at a very early age, and I was very fortunate to be, to be raised by two amazing parents that were also my mentors and still are my mentors to this day. That's phenomenal. And I can definitely see and only relate to that because I do believe, like you mentioned me earlier, that most of this starts in the developmental period. And once you cultivate that culture early on, you can help identify, you know, what mentorship is because you've gone through it, which leads into our next question. How do you know you have a good mentor? Like, how can you tell this person is leading you in the right way when it comes to a mentor? <laughs> you know, I'm here. I'm very driven, you know. So mm -hmm. I know that I have a good mentor when someone has the courage to be honest with me and not agree with me. Um, a mentor that challenges me to be my best and a mentor that holds me accountable um, for taking the lead in my own professional development. 
I like that. I like that. I think a lot of people don't, um, as you mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, don't want to be challenged or want to feel comfortable. And I, I feel being a, having a mentor mentee relationship is truly about understanding where your comfort zone is and getting outside of that comfort zone. So I relate to you in regards to that challenge. I think it's the best aspect that we all have to look at for excellence. You truly have to challenge yourself and look in the mirror. Um, so thank you for that answer. My next question I will have for you is, what have you learned about yourself as a mentor towards mentee? And it breaks down to multiple phases. We'll first look at it professionally, and then we'll look at it personally. But what have you learned about yourself as a mentor towards mentees? Yeah, I, I've learned and recognized that it's a privilege for someone to ask you to mentor them. And I don't take that responsibility lightly. Um, it's a huge responsibility to manage human capital but really the most rewarding for me to see someone grow. And I say that it's a huge responsibility because not only are you having an impact on that person's professional and personal goals, but you're also having an impact on their family as well. I agree with you. I, um, I, I, I share similar sentiments in regards to the coach and player mentality or coach and player relationship and that mentality that has grown. For me, I was also coached as a young man and understood how important it was to have discipline, responsibilities, and take ownership of the thought of the ideas and actions that I did. And also recently as an adult, doing the same thing when I went back and coached myself to see what was most important. You mentioned the word human capital. My biggest emphasis to all my players and to the parents that I coach is like, I want to see your child develop and grow. If they're not the fastest kid when they first start off or the biggest kid or don't know anything about the sport of football, by the end of the season, you should be able to measure exactly, hey, he didn't know offense from defense or he didn't know how to run and now he's running. That's where I look at in regards to that development. And like you mentioned, is they is their monetary gain if they're in the workplace, but also their value to bring to their family because a lot of parents will come back to me and say the same thing. He is so much more disciplined now and more assertive and more responsive based on what he's doing with this coaching. So I definitely relate to you in regards to that. Now let's go specifically for professional. My question to you is, what commonalities have you seen that um, someone that you mentor before in the in your personal space or in the mentor-mentee relationship, how it relates to someone in the, in the workplace? So I agree with you. I mean, I would share that there are commonalities. Um, I always say, uh, different person, same character, right? Okay. You know, someone sales, you know, sales reps typically fall into four different categories, and um, based on um, a few, you know, Myers Briggs or Color Insights, I recognize that you pretty much run into the same person, um, but they just have a different name. I see. Yeah, and say that say that um, that phrase again. Uh, same person, different character. I just want to make sure I'm, we're clear. Our listeners are clear. So it's actually you know it's, it's a different person. A different right? person. I'm right? sorry. It's a different person, right? You know, but it's a whole different name. But they have the same character traits. I would say. I okay, that's fair. That's fair. Thank you for clarifying that. So, what do you look for in a future mentee, um, and why? I will share with you, Ashford, that I don't seek out mentees um, through NSN um, and other venues. I volunteer my services and make it known um, that I'm here to help and support and coach someone. 
But I really believe that the mentee should drive that mentor and mentee relationship. That's interesting. I, I, I also second that as well. But when it comes to, not so much, but but when you're looking for a mentee and you said you look, um, the mentee drive that relationship, what does a mentee look, what do you feel that you look, what are some characteristics that a mentee will have and why you feel like it would be a beneficial, beneficial relationship between you and the mentee? I look for someone that has the potential, right? So I look, I look at several things. Um, based on the role they're seeking, right, or the their aspirations in their current career, I say, okay, are they capable, one, mm-hmm. and are they committed? I like that. And if the commitment is there, and I see that they're capable of the role, I mentor them for that role. But if I see that they have the commitment, but they really don't have the skill set for that role, I would then point them in the direction of another career in which I find any more suitable for them. That's pretty interesting. Um, do you have an example of that? Uh, a real life example of that you can share with us? Yeah, I do. I mentored someone, you know, to this day. She still reached out to me for career advice and um, she was someone that I hired from Temple University, my alma mater, okay. back when I was a sales manager um, at Wells Fargo. And at that time, um, there were some challenges and there were some areas of opportunity for her to grow. And, you know, during that process, she came to the conclusion through my coaching that she was going to seek another career. And even though it didn't work out for her under my leadership, she appreciated my candid, right, and honest feedback, and she's very successful in the role and career that she's currently in. That's phenomenal. And when did you start doing this mentorship with her? In 1996. Wow. So over 25 years of mentorship. That's phenomenal. That's freaking that's that's, un, that's unbelievable. I really really appreciate that. So yeah, normally when I mentor people, um, they stick with me. Yeah. So I've been mentoring all my life. Um, even my friends from college, where I was the captain of the track team, I had teammates whom I still mentor. So um, it's something that I personally enjoy doing. It's my passion. Yeah. Um. So I it doesn't take a lot of work and effort for me. I love that. And I think that 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 is the alignment that a lot of people don't address about mentorship is it truly has to be mutually beneficial for both in regards to your mentor enjoys mentoring and making you the mentee get better and vice versa. The relationship or the symbiotic relationship for the mentee has to be a desire to learn, a desire to get better and maybe to pass the baton to the next person. So I definitely um, love the fact that you said that. So with your tenure of mentorship, you definitely have some uh, tenure with your 25 years of mentorship. Do you have a specific program or plan or process you follow when it comes to mentor-mentee relationships? Absolutely. Um, I always start out by asking the mentee for their permission for me to give them open and honest feedback based on what I observe and hear and once that is established, that trust is established, and we start to build trust, I ask them to share both their personal and professional goals and ask them how they want me to coach and or develop them both personally and professionally. Because I believe they go hand in hand, right? Absolutely. Um, if you're professional, if your professional goals and you reach or exceed those, it's going to help in your personal life. 
So I want and just ask for their um, permission to give them open and honest feedback. And then two, I ask them how they would like to communicate with me, the time frame, what works best for them, and I ask them to be drivers of the relationship. As a mentor, it's not the mentor's job to reach out to the mentee. It's the mentee's responsibility, right? Because it's their own development yeah. to reach out to the mentor. So that's how I, I typically go. I allow the mentee to drive that relationship. I love that. And, and that, I feel that that's the most important thing. I do feel there has to be a desire from the mentee. I do know tons of mentors and tons of people who have a wealth of information, but it's is it, you don't want to pour that into a, a a dead pole or a dead bucket, which is not going to then pour it into someone else who doesn't want to improve on themselves. There has to be a will. The will to succeed it has to be higher than the want to succeed. So I definitely love the notion that you mentioned about the, the mentee driving the relationship. Now, as a seasoned, I'll call you a seasoned mentor, mentee, how can you, how can a seasoned professional, let's say someone, first, let's get, let me back up. Let's take two scenarios. First example, I am a 22 year old, freshly out of college young man who wants to have a mentor. What would you recommend the first process would be for me to have a mentor, um, a fresh out of college, a young man? I study business management. I want to get into sales. How can I find a mentor? Well, one, I'll be very excited, you know, to continue having a young male mentor, which I've mentored several. But I would say the first thing I would do is find out what their personal and professional goals are. Um, I would ask them uh, where they see themselves in the next five years. And I would also encourage them to seek out a male mentor. Wow, Because I can see and coach based on uh, my view as a female, right, professional leader. I like that. So I seek out other male mentors that I've also aligned with in the past through National Sales Network and different chapters and ask them to have both a male and a female mentor at least one or two levels above the current role which they're seeking or the current role which they're at. I believe a mentor should have both a male and female and be above the current role um, and preferably one or two levels above. I, I definitely like that. And that's something I've personally speaking, I've just never thought about. There have been people that I naturally gravitated to, which has either been male or mostly male and then once in a while a female. But I definitely agree with you because I do believe there's certain intangibles both give you that you just can't see or feel unless you're in that experience. So I definitely appreciate it. That's a great added value to this conversation. Now, the second part of that, what about a seasoned veteran, a seasoned professional? Let's say you're dealing with more 33-year-old, 31-year-old who's been in the uh, industry, uh, in the business professional industry for the last seven or eight years, and now they realize they've kind of, they're, they're plateau and they want to get better. How would you recommend um, them finding, seeking out a mentor or a mentee, uh, find, seeking out a mentor and then being a mentee? Yeah, I mean, I'll share with you, I mentor uh, many different generations, okay? X, Y, Z, millennial generation, X, generation, Y, I managed to them all. So I would say, I, I, said, I would say that I believe at every stage in a person's career, they should have a mentor and a sponsor. Um, and if you know, a sponsor, um, that takes more time, right? Mm-hmm. But that sponsor the person that's able to speak for you in the room when you're not there, right? 
Um, but I am certified in the Pamplanter Situation Leadership 1 and 2, which focuses on diagnosing developmental levels. And in that training, I learned that um, we should all be coached, right, based on the skill you are trying to perfect. So you can have 20 or 30 years of experience in the industry, but you can be an enthusiastic beginner on a new task. That's true. Or a new therapeutic area, right? Or launching a new product. So I believe at every stage, like I said, in a person's career, they should definitely have a mentor. I love that. I really, truly love that. So here's the closing questions we do have for you um, as the speaker. Can you give me best practices or some tips or top five tips you feel a mentor, a mentee relationship should have? I know you mentioned a few before, but just kind of adding a little bit to the structure. You previously mentioned one was have one level above you. Can you kind of elaborate a little bit more on that topic about best practices or tips? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I will share that best practices, I would say one, as a mentee, seek mentors at least one level above your control. Okay. Two, be open to honest and candid feedback. Love that. Three, be open to change, right? Adaptability. Mm-hmm. Number four, this is probably the most important, listen. Listen to what your mentor sees from their point of view and others' perspective of you. And number five, act. Um, the mentee should be proactive in their own development and don't just talk about it, be about it. Don't talk about what you want to do, be about it. So those would be the top five tips I would give a mentee. I love that. I love that. I think everybody would value that. I, for me, most importantly was definitely the what resonated with me with most was the listening to what your mentor and seeing, and then the last one was um, act or be proactive and also be willing to change and establish. So I definitely resonate. The all those three resonate with me overall. So I definitely appreciate that. The last question we have for you is: um, What value can innocent bring? to a mentor-mentee relationship or a person who wants to develop that mentor-mentee relationship? You know, as I mentioned earlier, National Sales Network, nationwide, okay, has given me the opportunity to seek out mentors at many different levels. And not just with the Baltimore DC chapter, when I attend the actual conferences of in Houston or Atlanta, or whatever we're going to have our national sales meeting, uh, it gives me the opportunity to actually seek out other mentors at other organizations and or companies. I love it. I love it. And I agree with you more than ever. I feel this year, our current chapter president, um, Jasmine Warren, has become a mentor for me in regards of how my due diligence has been towards executing this podcast, and other roles that we have. As you mentioned before, sometimes you can be a veteran or a seasoned veteran in other areas, but when you're trying to accomplish a new task, you do need to have some guidance and some leadership and some structure. So this, in a sense, has definitely been a huge impact for me. And I thank you so much, Robin, for coming on the podcast right now and just explaining everything. I do really feel we are passing the baton. Is there any closing remarks you would like to say to our listeners? Yeah, I would just say, for those of you that are or are members of National Sales Network, I would ask that you take advantage of 
the network, okay? I would ask that you continue to pass the baton to a friend, a neighbor, a niece, a nephew. I would encourage you to be more of a participant in the chapter and be more of a servant leader like myself in getting back because we've all been getting so much from this organization. And for those that are listening, that are kind of on the fence, right? They're not sure if they would mm-hmm. like to join National Sales Network. I will, I will tell you this, that if you're looking for an organization that can help you propel yourself to the next level, then I encourage you to join National Sales Network, Baltimore, D.C. chapter, or any chapter, depending on where that city is or the location. We have several um, locations across the nation. And I pass the baton to you to join this organization and then challenge you to give back all that you, I know you will receive from your membership here with us. So I thank you very much. Thank you, Robin. I appreciate it. Thank you, our listeners. And we look forward to hearing you on our next podcast.